You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Tonight to Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah chapter 10. Who needs a fill-in-the-blank sheet tonight? Anybody need a fill-in-the-blank sheet? Going once, okay. We need one right down here, Brother John, right down front, over there. Okay, all right, all right. And right back over here. Saw a hand there. Anybody else need to fill in the blank sheet tonight? Tim, right there. Second, third row. There you go. And uh, okay, got Ed one. Anybody else? Fill in the blank sheet. Pen? Anyone need a pen? All right, it's December 7th, folks. A lot going on this month. Two days is my wife's birthday. In two and a half weeks, you are going to have to give me the Christmas present you've been planning for me- weeks and months. And uh, No, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, it's a lot going on right now, huh? <laughs> it's like we want to really enjoy this Christmas season, then it's like gone. You know, it's so fast. We have so many things that are happening. Let me ask you tonight, how many of you have read Shakespeare before? Have you read any Shakespeare, okay? You were forced to do it, right? How many of you enjoy Shakespeare? Okay, I have the completed works of Shakespeare handwritten. No, I don't. But uh, I do have the completed works. I've read some. I've not read Hamlet. I've read a lot of others, but I haven't read Hamlet. But in Hamlet, there is a famous phrase, right? To be or not to be. And tonight, I'm preaching to tree or not to tree. They say, what in the world are you talking about, Pastor? You've lost it. It was you coming out of the marijuana dispensary. No, it wasn't. All right. Um, We're talking about celebrating Christmas. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but, or if you're even aware of, of the problem that this has caused a lot of people, but this is actually more of an issue than we might think at first glance. There are many Christians that have a real problem with the celebration of Christmas. There are many Christians that have a real problem with saying the word Easter. There are many Christians that have a problem with anything to do with Halloween, including pumpkins or, you know, uh, pumpkin spice latte. I don't know if it goes that far, but, uh, but there is a lot of that. We're aware of that, and uh, if you're here tonight and that's you, hey, I'm not calling you dumb. The Bible is. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. But, uh, you know, there's, you know if, if you have an issue with something, uh, th- th- we're going to see tonight, what does the Bible kind of, uh, how does the Bible address these things? Like, you know, there are people that are just, you know, death to the Easter bunny. And look, I'm not happy about the Easter bunny. That's not why I'm celebrating Easter. But, but uh, how do we deal with some of those things that we hear about? And, that, and there's some arguments. I want to just show you some things that people have used about this issue to say, Christians should definitely celebrate Christmas. Christmas. Christians should definitely not celebrate Christmas. Christians should, you know, never say the word Easter, even though it's in the Bible. Uh, you know, these, these type of things. So what does the Bible say about these? Where does that kind of come from when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, not having a Christmas tree or whatever? And, and so we're going to see some scripture about this and hopefully be a help. Let's pray together, and then we'll dive in this evening to our brief Bible study. Father, help us tonight to see the word. Help us more than that to get the heart of Jesus Christ and to get the mind of Christ and to do what is pleasing to you and to really that to be what our heart is, to be what 
to be and do and believe everything that you want us to be and do and believe. And so help us with the word tonight. Give us wisdom and exhortation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So there are three main arguments. And again, you may be thinking, Pastor, what's the problem with Christmas? I'm not saying there is a problem. But if you are, we've had this issue even in our own church. We've had, we've had people leave our church since I have been pastor because of the Christmas tree in the lobby. So there is, is a thing. And so, and I'm not, and I'm not speaking bad about anybody. If they want to leave our church for that reason or for any other reason, they're completely free to do so. Am I praying for God to strike them with lightning? Yes. But, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. But, but uh, so, so, but where does that come from? And, and these other things as well. And does the Bible address things? And so we want to use our brains tonight. We want to use scripture tonight. There are three main arguments that people use against the celebration of Christmas. Okay, the first, and we'll see these in more detail, but the first uh, argument that people use is, they say this, the Bible prohibits cutting down and decorating trees. So that's one argument people use. The Bible prohibits cutting down and decorating trees. And we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 10 in a moment to look at the passage that people point to when they say that. Then the second argument is this. They say that many of the Christmas traditions that we have originated from pagan rituals or celebrations. Pagan would be ungodly. Um, you know, even at some points, you know, pagan could be devil worshiping and things like that. You know, pagan is a, is a broad category of just the ungodly rituals and celebrations of the past, okay? Also, another argument is people say the world celebrates Christmas so Christians shouldn't. And you know, the, the, the world nowadays is getting away from the word Christmas. They want to say happy holidays. And I, and I give you permission to slap someone if they say happy holidays at the store. Okay? No, don't do that. But, but uh, you know, I, I'm always saying Merry Christmas. I just a, a personal thing. I want to take Christ out of Christmas. I want to make sure people are hearing that, okay? And, uh, but uh, that's just me. But that's, that's an argument. The world celebrates Christmas, so Christians should not. So there's these teachings and things out there, but are they true? Are they, are they biblical reasons? Uh, and, and, you know, the, the principles I want to show you tonight would apply to other things as well. What's wrong with pumpkins? Okay, we had, we had pumpkins on our platform during fall, and I've had people before say, what do you got pumpkins up there, Pastor? And, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not downing those people, but, but, but what is that coming from, and what do we do about that? And so we're going to look at biblically some of those things and try to help. So, you know, is this true? Should we cancel Christmas? You know, because of what the Bible says here. So we'll look at these one at a time and decide for ourselves what pleases the Lord. And then apply some of these truths to other places as well. Argument number one, the Bible prohibits cutting down and decorating trees. So let's look at the scripture and let's see what the Bible says. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. And this whole chapter, well, I'll get to it in a minute. This, Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Now watch these verses here. For the customs of the people are vain or empty. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and gold. Do you have a tree with silver and gold on it right now? Oh, they fasten it with nails. Is it, is it tied to your wall so it doesn't fall over? Oh my. 
They fasten with nails and with hammers. Do you have a little Thor hammer hanging off you? Okay, maybe not. All right. And that, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. So it says there that someone cuts a tree out of the forest, and then they deck it with silver and gold. And so is that saying that we should never do that? Now, hold your place here, because we're going to write back to Jeremiah. Look at Isaiah 44. Go back a little bit, a couple pages back in the Bible. Uh, Isaiah 44, verses 9 through 18, and I'll read quickly. Isaiah 44, 9 through 18. The Bible says they... They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit. And they are known, and, and, and they are their own witnesses. They see not, nor know that they may be ashamed. Who hath formed a god, or molten a graven image that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed, and the workmen they are of men. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up, for they shall fear, and they shall not be ashamed together. The smith with the tongs both worketh in the coals, and fashion it with hammers, and worketh it with the strength of his arms. Yea, he's hungry, his strength faileth, he drinketh no water, and is faint. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule, he marketh it out with a line, he fitteth it with planes, and he marketh it out with a compass, and maketh it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house. He heweth him down cedars, trees, and taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengthened for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn, for he will take thereof and warm himself. Yea, he shall kindle it and baketh bread, for he maketh a god and worshipeth it. He maketh it a graven image and falleth down to it. And, and so on. So we won't read, read the rest of the verses there. If you go back to Jeremiah chapter 10. So what are these passages talking about? You know, here's a guy taking a tree and bringing it into his house. And, and then in Jeremiah chapter 10, they're cutting down trees. They're bringing them into the house and, and they're decking it with silver and gold. And, and, and that means we should never do that, right? Let me ask you a question. How many of you, first of all, how many of you have an artificial tree? You have an artificial tree? How many of you do the real thing every year? Wow! The several of you, good on you. I've never had a real tree ever in my life. It's always been the fake stuff, okay? But, but that's, uh, that's, that's amazing. For the rivers, did you cut it down yourself? No? You had somebody do it for you, right? <laughs> but, but, uh, so, but here's the thing about this. Let's just think about this. In chapter 10 of Jeremiah, there is a theme for the entire chapter. If you read the Bible in context, it actually matters and makes sense. The theme for chapter 10, and I, in fact, I have this. I've had it here since I studied this book a couple years ago in my personal time. The theme for this chapter is idols. Idols. Idolatry. So these verses were not talking about what we know to be a Christmas tree. These verses are talking about making idols and worshiping them. That's the blank there. Making idols and worshiping them. Okay, so even when it's talking about here in Jeremiah chapter 10, and it says there that uh, in verse number 8, they deck it with silver. What are they decking? They're decking the idol. Uh, cut uh, out of, uh, uh, cut down and bring it into the house, and they're, they're, they're fashioning it. They're, it says in verse 5, they are upright as the palm tree. This is, their, their idols are, but they speak not. Yeah, trees don't speak. Things you carve out of wood don't speak. They must need to be born. They have to be carried because they cannot go. They can't walk. 
Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither is there in them to do good. So their gods would fall down uh, if they weren't tied down. So these are talking about false gods. In fact, in in verse number 8 it says, But they are altogether brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. The stock is, it literally means tree or wood. The tree is a doctrine of vanities. Does that mean every tree is is a a doctrine of vanities? No, it's talking about the idol, the idolatry there. Now look, I will tell you this tonight, okay? If you have a Christmas tree in your house and you're bowing down and worshiping it, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, don't do that, okay? Shame on you, all right? You know, don't, don't, don't do that. You're, you're doing wrong if you're bowing down and worshiping a tree. But to take this passage and say, no Christmas trees in church, no Christmas trees at home, no Christmas trees for anybody, is taking the Bible out of context. That's, you cannot use this passage for that. Okay, that's what I'm saying here, all right? And some of you may be like, Pastor, we get it, all right? Move on to the next point. I want to make sure we understand the why behind the what, okay? That's why I'm showing you this. Argument number two. Argument number two, all right? And, and again, this applies to other things as well. You know, whether if you're going to decorate with pumpkins, if you're going to, uh, you know, say the word Easter instead of Resurrection Sunday, okay, are these, are these things the Bible says don't do, all right? So we got to keep that in mind. But the next argument is many of the Christ, uh, Christmas traditions we have originated from pagan rituals or celebrations. Now, let me just fill you in on a bit of history here that you may not know. The, the Romans of ancient days, they celebrated the winter solstice. And it's actually kind of an interesting story because they thought that, you know, because they, you know, even the Egyptians worshiped the sun god Ra and all that. You know, they thought that because days were shorter and it was less light, that that meant that their god was weakened and sick. But winter solstice means he's getting his strength back, and now there's more light. I mean, it's kind of some, some crazy stuff. But Romans celebrated the winter solstice and honored the god Saturnus, who was the god of agriculture. And they honored him with a festival called Saturnalia. Saturnalia. And uh, that's what this festival was. During that time, they would give gifts, and they would decorate their home with lights and plants, greenery, like wreaths, greenery, like things like that. They also gambled. They also had a big feast, and they also did many other things. And so people say, well, well, then that's where the Christmas tree came from. That's where Christmas celebration came from, from, from these Romans, uh, you know, putting trees up and honoring their God, and, and that's where it's pagan. Okay, well, let's, let's think about this for a second. First of all, fill this in. There is zero evidence, no evidence, that the modern Christmas tree custom had any roots in paganism. There, there, there is no evidence to that, that what we do with our Christmas tree is, you know, has its roots in paganism. Now, I'll tell you, you can go online and find an article to back up whatever you want to believe. You go to history, I looked at history.com, Wikipedia, they're all like, oh yeah, Christmas comes from Saturnalia. I don't believe so, because you can look up other articles that say, absolutely not, and here's proof why. You know, you can find whatever you want to. In fact, did you know that the Christmas tree that we, that, you know, we would have decorated and things like that, you know who it's credited to? Anybody know who the first Christmas tree is credited to? Martin Luther in the Reformation. You know, the guy who nailed the 95 Thesis to the, to the church door? 
What the story is, and you can check this out too, the story is that he was walking home one night, and some people say, you know, he was trying to encourage his family. Some people say he was writing a message. I don't know the, the whole reason behind it, but he was walking home, and he looked, and he saw a beautiful pine tree, I think it was, or evergreen, and, uh, and uh, he saw lights twinkling behind it, and he was just so encouraged by it that he brought a tree home and wired some, like, candles to it, which sounds very dangerous, but, and he, he, he wired some things to it for his family. That's the first recorded instance of what we see now celebrated as a Christmas tree. And then Hessian troops, which were Germans that fought for uh, Britain during the war, Hessian troops and German settlers in Pennsylvania and Ohio are credited with the first display in America. So not Romans. These are uh, German settlers and things like that. So there is no evidence, and there's much more to it besides that, but no evidence that it has its roots in paganism. Secondly, even if some of the, here's the word, the traditions we have even if some of the traditions we have were used by pagans, does that make them inherently wrong or evil for us to use? Okay. Now, I will say there is no doubt that some of the th traditions that we have were used by pagans. Okay. Um, pagans had feasts. Should we not have potlucks anymore? You're like, well, I like potlucks. You know, I like potlucks too. I like some of the things brought at potlucks more than other things brought at potlucks, right? But, but we all, we, does that mean we can't have feasts anymore? Because they had feasts. They were gambling. Should we not gamble? Well, we shouldn't gamble anyway. All right? But uh, pagans lit candles to ward off all kinds of forces, everything from cold to darkness to evil. Can we not light candles? We're not lighting it for the sake of warding off an evil spirit. Pagans rang bells to drive out evil spirits. Is that why we ring bells? You ever see a bell choir come up, you know, ding, 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 you know, that sort of thing, you know, or whatever. Uh, the Hershey commercial, you know, you ever see the, the bells? Anyway, some of you know what I'm talking about. But uh, is that why we have bell choir? No, they're sounding out the news that Christ is born, right? What's wrong with ringing a bell? Some of this stuff borders on superstition. I take a bell out. <gasps> you know, why, why, why do we have that type of superstition or spirit about it? Pagans gave gifts. Does that mean we can't give gifts? I hope not because, man, I've been on Amazon like crazy. We have four kids. All right? I got a wife with a birthday in two days and then Christmas. I, I've, been, I've been keeping Amazon in business. Okay? Does that mean we shouldn't give gifts? Will, look, will my gift be diminished because some druid or, or you know, some Roman pagan offered a, offered a gift to his goat a thousand years ago? You know, now, oh, well, we can't give gifts now because somebody offered a gift to his goat a thousand years ago. I, I, don't, I don't think that's even logical. Okay, so, uh, and, and again, I'm not trying to, whatever beliefs you may have, I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm looking down upon you. I'm trying to logically and biblically think through these things. So, uh, on your sheet here, origins of customs are often obscure and very hard to nail down. And when you try to find answers, you're going to find conflicting reports on both sides. You go online tonight. Don't do it right now, okay? <laughs> I have to feel like I have to say that sometimes. People whip out their cell phone. But uh, uh, some, you go online and you pick up uh, uh, the origin of Christmas. You'll find paganism. And then you'll also find Jesus. You know, like, you'll find whatever you want to find, basically, okay? So here's the thought on this. The origin is not as important, important it should be, is not as important as the significance. And see, where's my spell check on this? Come on, sister. No, I'm just kidding. That's all my fault there. 
The origin is not as important as the significance. How did that start? How about this question? Why are you celebrating it? What are you celebrating? Now look, I'm not talking about making an idol and worshiping it. I have to worship God this way. No, that's clear. I'm going to burn this wicker man for Jesus. Okay, some things like that are pretty clear. But also, when we're looking at these things that have a, a very conflicted beginning and all that, what is the significance of Christmas today for a Christian? What is the significance of, of the fall uh, foliage that we have sometimes? What is the significance of, of, of Easter? Why do we celebrate that day? Why are we celebrating? Significance matters. Okay, so argument one, the Bible prohibits cutting down and decorating trees. Okay, we saw that that's not what the Bible's talking about. Argument two there, it, it, you know, traditions from Christmas originated from pagan rituals. Pagans did use some of this. Of course they did. But does that mean we can't use it just because ungodly people did use it? Okay? And then argument number three, the world celebrates Christmas, so Christians should not. Because the argument there that people use is 1 John 2, 15 through 17, love not the world. Do the things that are in the world. If a man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And, uh, and, and, and that whole passage there. And then, of course, um, I, I, so this is interesting. I went to the Jehovah's Witness website. So this last Saturday, uh, uh, before I came uh, soul winning or visiting, I had uh, Jehovah's Witness come by my door. And uh, I was waiting on my wife to come back, and she was coming back with a puppy. We got our kids a puppy. And so that's what we, we did here for Christmas. And so we have a little Jack Russell Terrier now. And uh, his name is Bowser, just so you know, all right? And uh, I, I, I'll show a picture on Sunday, okay? But, uh, and so she was coming back, so I was waiting on her to get back. And, um, and I heard a knock on the door, whatever. I go over and I open it up. Really nice-looking couple there. And, uh, you know, and they said, hi. And, and it was a man and a lady, and the lady was speaking. And she said, sir, you know, we're just in the neighborhood asking people, you know, have you noticed that crime in Long Beach just getting so bad? And, and you know, and, and have you ever thought, given any thought to how that's going to end? And I said, who are you? Like, I was just so confused. At first, it wasn't clicking. I was thinking, are they a census taker? They work for the city? I didn't see a satchel. You know, like they always got a satchel. I didn't see one. And they said, oh, I'm Terrence, and this is so Jade, and I think there was a name, and they said, and, and, and we're Jehovah's Witnesses. Ah, okay. And I was thinking, boy, I wish I had more time. Boy, I wish I had more time. But I said, yeah, I'm probably thinking a lot about that kind of stuff because I'm the pastor right there at the church. <gasps> you know, and so they, they were very kind and, and backed away and did this number. Is that a Christmas tree? And it ran away. And, uh, but if you go on the Jehovah's Witness website, they don't celebrate Christmas. They don't celebrate Memorial Day. They don't celebrate July 4th. They don't celebrate a lot. Of, they don't celebrate their own birthdays. I don't know if you knew that about Jehovah's Witnesses, right? But, but they don't celebrate that. And, and they say because the Bible never says to. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it never says to commemorate Christ's birth. It never says, uh, you know, all these different things. And, and they're, all, they're trying to be politically correct on their website with how they say everything. But, but they used 2 Corinthians 6, 17. And they said, which says, wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And so they use that to say, you know, it's unclean. You know, first of all, let me help you with this. Trees are God-made. I don't call that unclean. You know, that's not an unclean thing. God, God makes pumpkins. God made trees. 
just because some pagan you know, decides to take a tree and make an idol out of it doesn't make God's creation bad. It makes them bad, <laughs> you know, or a pumpkin or whatever, you know. Uh, um, and, and so that, they use that verse, which is very interesting to me. But cults and false religions use this logic. The world celebrates it, so we shouldn't. Now, these are the same cults that, uh, that deny who Jesus is. They deny that Jesus is God. They deny a lot about Jesus. They have a lot of their doctrine that is, you know, some of those important doctrine in all the world about Jesus Christ, they've totally messed it up, but they got Christmas right. No, they don't have Christmas right either, you know. But, so, but here's the thing about that. If we do Christmas right, Christ is at the center of it. If we do it right, it's about Christ. If we're celebrating Easter the right way, it's about Christ. Just because the world is trying to take it and say, oh, look, look at this bunny. Don't look at the empty tomb. That doesn't mean that we're not celebrating, hey, loudly and, and, and proudly, to use that phrase, unfortunately, that, that, that Jesus is, is risen again. So that's, that's the difference. We're, we're celebrating matters. And, and look, I'm not going to stop proclaiming Christ's birth. I'm not going to stop proclaiming Christ's resurrection just because, like I said, somebody has used it wrong before. People have used the Bible wrong. They use it wrong tonight as we speak in many places. I'm not going to stop using the Bible just because other people used it wrong. Uh, you know, so we have to look at that. Just because the world is, you know, that's not, we're not doing anything worldly by proclaiming Christ's birth and resurrection. We're not doing anything worldly with that. So that, that's, if we do it right, Christ is at the center of it all. That's what we're celebrating. So let me give you some thoughts. So take your Bible, go to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Now I know you all have this memorized because we covered Romans last January, we covered this passage of Romans chapter 14. So you all have it memorized, right? Because I preached it Sunday morning. So I'm sure, I'm sure Romans chapter 14 is just, you know, rolling off your tongue at this point. Because I covered it in one message, you know, a year ago. But uh, I want us to look at some scripture here and just give you some thoughts uh, by way of closing about these type of things. And hopefully you'll see that, that some of the things I'm saying tonight don't just apply to Christmas. They apply to other things as well. Number one, on your sheet, before we get to Romans chapter 14, there is no law against or a mandate for celebrating Christmas. You will not find a Bible passage that says, don't celebrate Christmas. You will not find a Bible passage that says, you better celebrate Christmas. There's no mandate for it. There's no law against it. You're not commanded to do it. You're not commanded not to do it. So what does that fall under, okay? If there's no biblical clear leading. Now look, let me help you with this. Not everything, the, the Bible does not say thou shalt or thou shalt not for everything. It, it can't. Think of all the cultures there have been in this world. If God wrote a book for everything you could and could not do, that book would not fit in, in, in the SoFi Stadium here in, 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 uh, in Los Angeles. It would be so big. If God, for every culture through the ages, said, here's the list of to do and to not do, all right? So what does he do? He gives us the right things to do, and he gives us principles. Instead of God denouncing every type of sexual sin there is, he says, man plus woman equals marriage. That's what he does. He says, this is it. This is how you do it. And so when we look at scripture, there are, get this now, there are clear commands, Thou shalt not steal. All right? Clear command. 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Some of those things are clear commands. But what do we do when we don't have clear commands? And I want to do a series on this too. I'm thinking about this. But then after that, you have convictions, right? So, so what is that? What does that mean? This means I'm looking for principles in the Bible that show me God's mind on this thing. Okay, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not smoke. But don't you think there are some clear principles in Scripture why we shouldn't? Uh, you, you know, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt never drink any type of wine. Because the Bible's wine is different than our wine today. We're talking about two separate things. But does that mean that there are, but what I would say, there are plenty of principles that show why you shouldn't do it. So there are principles that we base those things on, and we form our convictions from those. And then we have what's called standards. Now here's where a lot of people get all tripped up and get angry. A standard is, okay, think about this. You ever, ever driven in the mountains? Anybody ever driven in the mountains? You're like, I'm tired of raising my hand, Pastor. Stop making me raise my hand. All right, but uh, you go to Big Bear or something. Often on the side of the road, there's that guardrail. And then, like, there's certain death beyond that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you cross that guardrail, like, you have fallen and you are going to pay a price. Standards are the guardrails. Going over the cliff is breaking your convictions that are clear in the Word of God. So what do standards do? Standards keep, it's a fence. It keeps you from, from going into a type of sin. Now, does that mean that now some people may set their standard right on the edge, as close as they possibly can, and some people may set their standard a little further away from the edge. But those are standards. And, and oftentimes, but we have to remember, standards have biblical principles too. Then beyond that, we were talking to staffing day about preferences. Preferences are, are much further away from even what a standard or conviction would be. Now, I know that's, that may be confusing to you, but, but I hope I'm, I'm explaining it a little bit clearer. And so a preference would be, hey, I don't like you wearing green, you know, and I'm not going to preach against you wearing green. You know, that, that's a preference, right? And you can't make a preference sound like something biblical unless it's based upon a biblical principle, which would be a standard. See what I'm saying? So there are differences to this, right? So here's the thing. There is some gray area in the middle here. There's some gray areas, what I'm saying, where you have what is called Christian liberty. Would you write that word in? Christian liberty. Where you are not breaking a biblical command, but you may draw your line in a different place than somebody else does. And what you may say is, hey, this, I'm still not sinning, but, you know, some people, they want to get their line real close to the edge of, of, of sin, whatever that sin may be. And there's a lot of standards out there that we could talk about. And uh, I have standards. You have standards as well. I have reasons, biblical reasons for my standards. I know why I believe what I believe. And for some things, I want to be far away from the edge. For a lot of things, I want to be far away from the edge. And so, but, but in, that, in that little distance there, there's Christian liberty. You may set your standards differently than I may. And, 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 and we're going to talk about that again in the new year. But, but what I'm saying is this. This matters when it comes to things like this. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. The church should not be a, a, you know, making a, a, a judge and jury out of everything here. A court of law. We're debating everything. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Boy, I want to talk about vegetarians right there, Mrs. Jones, but I'm not going to. 
Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he should be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it to the Lord. And it, why is he doing it? He's doing it for the Lord. And he, and, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. So well, you know, whether you eat it or you don't eat it, are you doing it for God? What's the background? Okay, if you remember back in 1 Corinthians chapter number 8, talks a lot about this, that there were people that would sacrifice meat to idols. And when they did that, some people would go take that meat and say, okay, this, this lamb was sacrificed, this goat was sacrificed, whatever it was. And so now we're going to take this meat and we're going to go sell it in the marketplace. And so there would be some people, and the Bible calls them weak in the faith, that would say, oh, you can't eat that meat. You can't eat that meat. That was sacrificed to the idols. And Paul's like, dude, we can eat the meat. And to paraphrase, he didn't say that in Scripture, all right? That's the new international version there. But uh, no, he said, nothing wrong with eating the meat. He's, but then he goes on to say, look, but if I'm going to offend you by eating the meat, then I won't eat the meat. I don't want to be a stumbling block to you, but, but if I eat the meat, don't look down on me. And if you don't eat the meat, I'm not going to look down on you. So what he's saying there, that was an issue that wasn't covered in Scripture. The Bible never said, thou shalt not eat meat that was, you know, uh, uh, sacrificed to idols. But some people felt very strongly. So what was the rule there? Paul said, if you can't do it in good conscience, don't do it. But if someone else doesn't have a problem with it, don't look down on them. Now that does not mean that if your conscience doesn't bother you, you can do anything you want. Well, my conscience is not bothering about stealing the Snickers from 7-Eleven. Okay, that's, that's pretty clear. You're wrong on that. But there is a, such a thing here as Christian liberty. So what am I saying? I'm saying when it comes to Christmas, it's a personal decision. Personal decision. So write this in. Don't beat up others for their personal decision. This is not a matter that is clear in Scripture that thou shalt or thou shalt not. So don't beat somebody else up about their decision in regards to their Christian liberty. They have freedom in this area to decide if those pagan roots in some of the practices, look, I mean, we got fake cranberries up here. I'm sure some uh, false cult in America right now has fake cranberries in their pulpit. You know, should we not use? And if that is bothersome, if that were something I would look at and say, we can't do that, then I would take them out, right? So, so it's a person. Number, number three, here's the, here's the thing. If in doubt, don't. If in doubt, don't. That's a good principle with anything. If in doubt, don't. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. If you believe something has too many ties to paganism and it doesn't sit well with your conscience, then don't do it. If you cannot do it with a clear conscience, don't do it. Romans 14, 23, the same chapter. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. In other words, if you can't eat and know that you're doing the right thing by eating the meat offered to idols, then don't eat the meat offered to idols. If, you, if you're, you know, at your house about to celebrate Christmas and every time you look at the tree you just see like paganism, then 
Don't do the treat. You know what I'm saying? Like, if in doubt, don't do it. Remember Brother Cavanagh came years ago, and, and Brother Clint Cavanagh, and he preached, uh, and he preached about has the, the ham that he ate, and it spoiled. Everybody remember that message? He was preaching about, uh, uh, you know, taking a whiff of the ham in his, in his refrigerator, and he thought, eh, it's okay, and he ate it, and he got, he got food poisoning. And then he played about 10 clips of songs, and every song was the same. It was the same song, but it got progressively worse and worse and worse. And he said, when did the ham spoil? When did it spoil? When did it get to the point where you were like, I can't listen to that? And for some people, it was at different levels, right? And so when you think about, like, if you can't do it with a good conscience, you should abstain. But if you do abstain from it, don't look down on others for partaking in it. We're supposed to love one another. So even if maturity is, I can disagree with you, about an issue that is not a biblical command or principle, and we can still be friends. Our culture today says, if you disagree with the left, then you are canceled. That's what our culture says. If you disagree with me, then I'm taking my ball and running home. All right? But that is terribly immature and not helpful. We want to start discussions, but if you disagree with us, we're not talking to you. What kind of discussion are you going to get? You're going to get an echo chamber. You know, that's ridiculous. So, uh, and this is not a political message, although the left is horrible. Uh, but anyway... What we're saying there is, if in doubt, don't. But number four, if you do, so you're going to celebrate Christmas, and probably most everybody in here is. I understand that. Here is what I want to leave with you and challenge you with. This is an issue for a lot of people. It may not be for anybody in our church, nobody that I know of anyway. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But if you do celebrate these things, Christmas and Easter, things like that, think through the spiritual significance why do you do it? What are you supposed to be doing these things for? Okay, for instance, lighting candles. Why would you light a candle? Well, during Christmas time. You're not warding away an evil spirit, but maybe you ought to think, why did this, why did this start? It started because people, first of all, they needed light without electricity, but it was a sign to them to remember during Christmas that Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 1, he lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He is the true light, the Bible says. So when you're lighting a candle during Christmas, it should be a reminder, hey, Jesus is the light of the world. Oftentimes, we go through Christmas without doing anything Christian at all. We read a passage on Christmas morning, maybe as fast as we can, and then we tear into gifts and food and all this stuff. We go into our food coma while the kids are playing, and then we're just back at it the next day, you know, back to work. Let's do things that are Christian. That's what this holiday is about. Bells. Okay, when you hear bells ringing, ring the bells. What's a, what's a reminder of? People used to ring the bells so they could proclaim good news. That's a ward off some evil spirit. So let it be known that, hey, when the bells are ringing, you ought to be thinking, hey, the, let people know Christ is born. Silver bells or whatever. You know, uh, uh, ring the bells, ring the bells. Let the whole world know Christ is born in Bethlehem many years ago. And uh, how about gifts? When you give gifts, why do we do that? Well, uh, it started with the, the magi, the wise men coming to Jesus and bringing him gold and silver and myrrh, you know. So we'll be thinking about that. We have gifts to remember that. Remember that Jesus is a gift to us. Remember that he is the greatest gift. Remember that during Christmas we ought to be giving Jesus something. It's his birthday, after all, that we're celebrating. What about the star on top of the tree? What's that celebrate? Some pagan symbol? The star of Bethlehem. 
These are all things that, that ha- carry a spiritual significance to us as Christians. But we never think on them. How are we any better than lost people sometimes? When we're not even honoring God with the birthday, the, uh, the, the celebration of the day he came to earth. The first, ad- the advent. So be thinking about the, the true meaning and, and the, the spiritual significance of what you do at Christmas. Do you know the spiritual significance behind orange juice? I don't either. But anyway, all right, I just figured I'd throw that out there. All right, but it's good, isn't it? Thank God for the oranges. At least you won't have scurvy if you drink it. All right, letter B. Remember the reason for the season. Remember, we, you know, we see the t-shirts. Remember the reason for the season. But I know that can be cliche, but, but let's actually do that. Truly honor Christ during this time of year. Truly celebrate the real reason for the season. The, the, the real reason behind Christmas is not so that Kohl's can sell a bunch of stuff, you, you know, at 50% off. You, you know, they may use that as an opportunity, but that's not what it is for us. And am I going to take advantage of those sales? Yes, I am, all right? But I'm, I'm celebrating something else. Make sure your motive behind your celebration is right. Some people may not worship the, the, uh, the tree as an idol, but they worship those gifts. It's all about the gifts. They forget everything else. It's only about the gifts. No, write this in. Do better than the unsaved. Do better than the unsaved. Don't look. Christmas is on a Sunday this year. We're going to have a one-hour service that morning. I'm, if people cannot make it, to, a, and I'm not judging you. You may be gone. You may go somewhere. But if we can't honor Christ on, his own, on, the, on the day we celebrate his own birth, the whole reason for the season, shame on us, right? Because this is about him. Let's, do, let's actually have a Christian Christmas. Where we, it's because it's a Christian holiday. It's Christian. So let's be Christian. Let's read the story let's, or sing some songs or, or talk about his goodness and talk about what he's done for us and think through it. Remember the reason for the season. And then lastly, use it as an opportunity. Christmas is an opportunity to share the gospel. People are more open this time of year, people are nicer. You can run into someone in the store with your cart, and you're like, you know what? God bless you. Have a great day. You know, I mean, people are just nicer during Christmas because they're out buying things. You know why people are nicer? Because they're giving. It's more blessed to give than receive. Uh, 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 Suicides plummet during December. Why? Why aren't people depressed during December? Why are because people learn that giving feels good, and if they just applied that principle much more often, they'd be happier much more often. But people are ready to hear during the summer. They, they, you may be able to give someone the greatest gift of all this Christmas season by witnessing to them and showing them Christ. Man, what a great thing that would be. What a great way to commemorate why Jesus came to earth than to share with somebody else why Jesus came to earth. Oh, what a great thing. So one way or another, have a Merry Christmas, okay? <laughs> Enjoy this time of year, the last two blanks there. Let's make sure that all we do, that we do all things to the honor and glory of Christ. That's what the Bible teaches us. Whatever you eat, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, I think is what it says there. So I wanted to just give you some biblical thoughts there and some reasoning there. And, and maybe this is something you've never thought of, but it comes up every now and again with different things. And I hope we'll take it and apply it in our lives, the passages here that we looked at. Father, bless us.